no, 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 don't lose the pork pie. Let's go, I'm in a hurry. Don't rush, we've got all evening. Stop it. You'll be sorry. Oh, I don't think so. I've got a feeling somebody's going to be in for a very big surprise any moment now. Really? I don't think it's going to be me. Pork pie. Hello, my mercurial moving meese. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese is back again for a single edition this weekend. Single edition. You have to enjoy it. You have to indulge yourself. You have to indulge yourself in its glory, darlings. Oh, it's marvellous to be here. I'm amongst boxes. The essence of mouse pee is abundant. And, uh... I'm trying to keep trying to keep things clean. Lots of uh, lots of surgical gloves. I, I did see somebody yesterday pick up a pile of doggy poo-poo with uh, surgical gloves on. Now, the trouble is with me, when I ever put the surgical gloves on uh, in my past, I sound like I'm sort of a Columbo uh, type of villain here, don't I? That's one of the one of the uh, one of the plots in Columbo is where they turn the uh, surgical gloves inside out and got his fingerprint from the powder marks inside the gunpowder marks inside the the gloves. Yes, I'm so nerdy, aren't I? But I'm am- amongst boxes. I'm trying to keep things uh, pristine, uh, bleach uh, abundance everywhere. Trying to trying to really spruce and caboose. Uh, my place but i'm moving to a new chappy towers we've got a new chappy towers and it's literally going to be chappy towers because i'm going to be three floors up i mean it, 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 people would think well that's typical of you because uh you, the, the bats are going rampant in the belfry uh, and, and like being high up could be a poss- possibly a, a great thing for you well i i do like to be high up here Maybe I can, uh, you know, erect the Union Jack uh, from uh, from the turrets and, uh, and and go from there. And nobody will be able to get me to get it down. Flying proudly, British to the end. Did those feet in ancient times walk on England's mountains green? Jerusalem and God Save the Queen will be blaring out of the old cylinder gramophone player that I have. You have to wind it up. We need to sort of maybe start moving toward things that are wound. Uh, some of the old-fashioned sort of things that uh, don't require a microchip. I have a feeling we could run into some problems with all items that contain a microchip in the in the very near future. Uh, because, you know, it brought to my attention that uh, 
with the whole asteroid thing, the NASA spacecraft. We'll be talking about this later, I'm sure. The NASA spacecraft, uh, it's you know, going into retirement. And uh, when you go into retirement at NASA, apparently you crash into asteroids. And uh, yeah, so if 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 an asteroid uh, explodes in the atmosphere, then all microchips, from what I understand, the whole sort of AMT thing, electric magnetic pulse. Uh, so you need some old-fashioned. So the old gramophone player could work very, very well. Anything that doesn't have electrics. So if you if you need to wind your watch, you're pretty safe. But anything that has a microchip, it sounds like a James Bond story, doesn't it? Like Zarin and his microchips. But my hands are so soft, I, I think I'm going to have blisters. I'm starting to get the whole blister situation going on. Uh, where are my sheepskin driving gloves when I need them? Yes, I need the sheepskin driving gloves to pop those on. It keeps everything nice and toasty and keeps those nasty little blisters away. Welcome to the program. Happy Friday, people. So some of the things that we may or may not be talking about on the podcast today, and we can always put the stuff into a lockbox. It's like moving. You can put all the items that possibly could be on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese into a nice box and sort of recycle them at a later date. This podcast is very environmentally friendly, I have to tell you that. Uh, But here are some of the items, though. I spent some of the week uh, in the confines of hospital, not me personally, but my darling uh, was in hospital. Uh, Everything's fine, just reassurance here. Um, But it's a constant waiting game, the constant waiting game at the hospital. Also, it's in red. It's the critical plug. It's a thing that if you pull it, a whole shebang could come falling down. Have you ever seen it before, the red plug, and how tempted are you? to pull that red plug out of the wall. We'll be talking about that as well. And uh, when you've been uh, fasting for a long time, like, like, you know, people going into hospital for some sort of procedure, fast, the people around them fast. I felt like I was fasting on Monday. Uh, and then everybody around them is talking about pizza. They're getting, you know, deliveries of food by Grubhub and DoorDash and everything else. But you're fasting, you can hear them talking and you can smell the food. It is cruelty, along with people eating Chick-fil-A in the waiting room. Just as you're going and you've been fasting for like six hours as well. Um, Also, one of my favorite sayings that I heard in the week, I I didn't come up with this, uh, but uh, we'll be going, we'll be talking about that and introducing you to that as well. And uh, the wonders of surgical cups. I almost felt like, you know, you're in in a hotel room and there's a lovely bathrobe or lots of sugar and... Um, you know, milk that you can keep perfect during a zombie apocalypse. It keeps the UHT milk does last forever. It's like can, can tuna. It seriously does last forever. And uh, so uh, thinking about the surgical gloves, getting, you know, taking a box of that and slipping it into my bag. I don't know what size hand I am in the surgical gloves, but they can come in very handy as I saw yesterday. Also, thoughts of possibly a new podcast that you could uh, introduce uh, whilst waiting at a hospital as well anybody got a cure for getting the smell of onions off your hands now my hands have been smelling like onions all week and for all my for all my travails and efforts in the kitchen this week uh, my chicken soup it was meant to be a special greek soup lemony citrusy a sort of piquancy uh, it turned out that it was bland and oniony 
we'll be talking about that as well over the course of the next hour or so on the podcast. So if you look at the UK like a pork pie... Pork pie? And all the goodness, you know, the favourite bit probably is that crumbly pastry on the outside there. Now, that's been taken away. The uh, delicious succulent pork has been taken away and you're just left with the crappy gelatin. I mean, that seems to be uh, happening at the moment. Now, maybe I'll eat my hat, but I'm not going to eat the gelatin. just won't touch the gelatin in the pork pie. Will not uh, touch it. It's been a rough week, though, hasn't it, uh, for Liz Truss? Uh, and then the uh, awful Hurricane Ian as well. Um, Biden telling everybody that they should uh, be taking, make sure they get their COVID vaccines, uh, which is very, very important. Uh, especially during uh, uh, natural disasters and hurricanes and everything else. But it's been quite the week. You, you get the sort of sense that Nostradamus recently predicted the death of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, it, it predicted King Charles coming to the throne. King Charles apparently will sort of abdicate in the future, as Nostradamus is saying. And then we could face the end of the world before uh, before the close of the year. Can we just get Christmas? Can we just have a Christmas? Let's just have a good Christmas and then uh, and then see what happens. And then we can have our gelatin and eat it after that. The gelatin and the pork pie, obviously. And it's very easy to remove the gelatin. This is this is the hopeful thing. You know, this is the way I look at uh, life in general. Uh, when you look at you look at your life and look at the world around you as a pork pie, you can always get rid of the gelatin and just have the pork and just have that delicious crumbly pastry. Oh, Mr. Pastry. So have you ever been stuck waiting at a hospital? It seems to be like just the waiting game, doesn't it? The waiting game, whether you go to the doctors or the hospital, you come in, you sit down, you wade, which is never a pleasant experience, and then you just wait. I mean, the problem is you've just been weighed, you see the weight you may have not weighed yourself in probably maybe a year or two and you see that you're overweight and then you're just sitting there mulling over the awfulness of your weight gain and you're waiting with the doctor maybe somebody else then will come in and take your blood pressure and then you have to wait another 15-20 minutes and then the doctor may finally come well it's even worse when you're waiting in a hospital waiting for some sort of surgery or something you're just sitting there and it's just the clock's going by and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and then you start seeing the red plug the critical plug and the temptation of trying to pull that critical plug that red plug out of the socket and just see what happens what's going to happen if you pull out that red plug also i've noticed in um, u.s hospitals i spent some time in u.s hospitals i once spent time in the u.s hospitals where i had to drop trowel yeah, I had to drop trowel, and there were a 10, uh, 10 or maybe 12, maybe a dozen. Was it a, was it a baker's dozen, potentially? Well, we're talking about baguettes here. And uh, I had probably 12 doctors look at my crown jewels. Uh, now, they didn't get the vernier calipers out or the magnifying glasses, anything like that, before you start joking about that. But I had 10 doctors looking at my never regions, the never, never land. Yeah, and that, that was quite uh, yeah, that was quite a was quite a concerning and slightly embarrassing moment of my life. But that's another tale. 
But here on the wall at the, uh, you know, just as you're waiting to go into surgery, they have the drugs that you're going to be given. And it's behind, it's a sort of button you press if you're going to launch some sort of uh, nuclear weapon or something. You press the red button. Behind this, like, uh, plastic covering, or maybe it's a glass covering that you may need to break to release it, there is the medicines that you're going to be given. But it's locked. But the key is left in there. So if you fancy sort of, uh, you know, giving yourself a quick, uh, in a little bit of pain, you want to give yourself a quick snifter, mate. And give yourself a quick snifter. You can, you can break that open pretty quickly and easily and remove it and have your medicine uh, before time. Yes, take your, take your bad medicine before time. It really is. It's like waiting for Godot, waiting for an eternity. A pub manager is pulling out all the stops, put all the stops this week to resurrect the extinct name known as Nigel. Uh, ain't nothing but a Nigel party, for sure. The lyrics Tupac would have rapped on Gangster Party if his name indeed be Nigel. Well, the name Nigel is of Celtic origin and comes from the name Niall, meaning champion. However, the name certainly hasn't been championed in the recent year as the ONS claimed the name is now becoming extinct in the UK. Yet it seems that landlord Nigel Smith wanted to change this downward trend as soon as possible as he often stages a festival for men with the name Nigel. Remarkably, hundreds of Nigels turn up from all around the world. In 2019, he helped break the world for the largest gathering of Nigels after 432 joined him for a pint. This year is hoping to break his record, however, only 372 Nigels turned up for the event, which is pretty impressive. The oldest Nigel in attendance was an 84-year-old from America, whilst the youngest Nigel was in his 30s. Others who travel from Los Angeles, Florida, Texas, Nicaragua, Zimbabwe and Spain. Entertainment was provided by other Nigels, two GJs and an MC, a comedian, a busker and even a group of Morris dancers, all called Nigel. The second ever Nigel Knight raised more than 3000 for the British Heart Foundation with the pub landlord planning to host it again in 2025. Nigel said it was absolutely brilliant. We had a fantastic time. It was like we had known each other forever, but obviously we didn't. It was a great feeling of us getting together and celebrating our Nigelness. Times are pretty difficult at the moment for many of us, but it's great to be able to get together and party. We had a jolly fine time. Tradition is something you do twice. That's the rule, so we'll do it again. I think we're encouraged enough to say that every two to three years we'll do it again. People coming all over for our event. Our friend from Texas, Nigel, came for the second time only to be joined by another Texas Nigel indeed. One Nigel came from the Isle of Wight, so we had to give an award for the longest-traveled Nigel in the UK. People who came... This time heard about it three years ago and put it in their diaries. We'll be running Nigel shuttle buses from our local towns and hotels. So all the Nigels who traveled around will be able to get her enjoy a beer or two. We had a 14 week old puppy called Nigel as well. We're reuniting and uniting Nigels from all across the world. We'd like to reach out and invite all Nigels and all non-Nigels to come along and join us in 2025. Have one little tiddler. So if you want to hear the cruelest thing in the world, is uh, if you're waiting to have some sort of surgery done. Now, if you're waiting to have the surgery, you've probably been fasting. If you're with the person who's about to have surgery, you've probably been fasting as well or not had anything to eat. So the thing happened on Monday. While I was waiting in the, uh, it was in the waiting room, ready to go in uh, to, 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 to have the surgery. Well, not me personally, as I said earlier in the show. So waiting, waiting, waiting. And then you see somebody 
tuck into a juicy fried chicken Chick-fil-A sandwich. And it, and it looked incredibly juicy and incredibly hungry. It was maybe the spicy chicken, which is my favorite. And uh, this couple were just chomping into this, chomping into this uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich and just starving. It is the utmost cruelty to be eating a juicy sandwich or any sort of food whilst you're waiting to go in. Now, I don't know if they were breaking the rules, if they're about to have surgery and they broke the rules. I mean, that could be sort of nasty on the surgery table if you tucked into two spicy chicken deluxes and uh, you're on the sur- you know on the surgery table just about to go under the knife and, uh, you know, and then, well, that, that's why you need the surgical gloves to probably pick it up after you all the excrement anyway we're not going to go into too much detail there but I, you know they may be breaking the rules so you you suffer the uh you, you you suffer the cruelty of somebody eating a you know chicken sandwich before you go in and then you go in and you're behind the curtains you're behind the arras and uh, all you hear is people talking about food talking about pizza and then you're smelling food that's being delivered by DoorDash, Uber Eats, and all these other Grubhub, all these different places. And you're just absolutely starving. Now, I knew I could probably get a sandwich, but Madonna, I mean, she is going to have the surgery. So, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely uh, awful, isn't it? The epitome of cruelty that you're smelling all these delicious foods and you're hungry and you're, and you're just about, to, you could, you could you, gnaw your knee up to your elbow, couldn't you? That's how hungry you are. And uh, again, the epitome of absolute cruelty. You're waiting and all that's going on. There's nothing else going on other than people chit-chatting and having food delivered that smells absolutely delicious. A little bit of good news for you here. Drinking two pints a day could risk lower the risk of dementia according to a study. Researchers have found that those who drink up to two pints a day are third less likely to get the condition compared to those who abstain from alcohol completely. A team of experts from New South Wales University in Australia. <laughs> well, here, you, you, you take a team of experts from New South Wales. You know, I mean, they're probably drinking the Fosters. It's Australian for beer. They're probably, they probably have about five or six Fosters each. They're doing this study. Yeah, beer's good for you, mate. That's not a beer. This is a beer. So they're going along you know, probably completely wasted on Fosters doing this study at the drinking habits of dementia rates of 24,478. I mean, they're probably forgetting how much beer they've actually had to drink. The study found light to moderate drinkers who drank one to two drinks a day seemed to reduce dementia risk while abstaining from alcohol appeared to provide no protective benefits against the condition. The study led by Louise Mutin and published in the journal Addiction in contrast to heavy use, population-based studies have often found that light to moderate alcohol uh, appears to reduce dementia risk when compares with abstinence. The uh, current study found consistent evidence to suggest that the abstinence from the alcohol in later life is associated with the increased dementia risk internationally. However, researchers also warned that there evidence suggests that even low levels of alcohol were associated with poorer brain health. Because you're forgetting, you're not is sharp are you dose response relationships between alcohol use and other health conditions including cancers for those reasons advising those who currently abstain to initiate drinking is not really recommended, it's not recommended. 
Dose response analysis, moderate drinking up to 40 grams a day, equivalent to five units, was associated with lower risk of dementia when compared to lifetime abstaining. The team of uh, <laughs> wasted researchers gathered data from 15-year-old studies from countries situated in six different continents. Well, co instead of continents, it's continents. Hopefully not incontinent. Those who drank between one and two pints a day saw the dementia risk by fall by 38% compared to teetotalers, while occasional light to moderate drinkers were 22% less likely to develop condition. At the beginning of the study, none of the uh, participants were sober. No, no, sorry. Uh, at the beginning of the study, none of the participants had dementia, but 2,124 cases were diagnosed with the condition by the end, but they were probably drinking too much. I've been cooking a lot this week, a lot helping out, you know, doing my bit here as a, you know, chief cook and bottle washer. So here's the thing. I cook with a lot of onions and I never realized it until it was brought to my attention that I love onions. I cook with onions nearly every day. Nearly every dish that I have has onions in it. But uh, what I didn't know is the how the smell of onions has remained on my hands all week. My hands have been smelling of onions. I could never do any sort of hand commercials or anything because uh, my hand's stench of onions would be absolutely awful for anybody around me. If I did any hand modeling, I'd have to, I'd have to rub in some pretty fragrant lotion to get rid of the smell of the onions off my hands. But it made me think, how long does the smell of onions stays on the hands? Alliums like onions and garlic contain sulfur compounds with very pungent odors, you're telling me that lingers on your hands when you handle the raw. The smell of most types of onions can stain your skin long after cutting or crushing them. Yeah, my fingers still smell. They, just, they still smell. Your body needs to metabolize the compounds for the smell to go away by itself. Luckily, the few things that you can do to get rid of the smell of garlic or onions on your hands using tools you probably already have in your home. Thank God. Six cooking hacks to remove the smell of onions from your hands. Okay, wear gloves to handle. I need, a, I need lots of pairs of surgical gloves. I saw somebody picking up boo 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 the other day using surgical gloves, so maybe I need them when I'm cutting onions. This preventative method will keep the smell of onions off your hands entirely. Wear a pair of disposable gloves whilst handling onions and dispose of them after your prep work is complete. Probably not the sheepskin driving gloves. Yeah, yeah, you, that probably wouldn't work with that. Wash with salt soap. Mix dish soap bar soap or liquid hand soap with a table salt and baking soda to create an odor removing salt uh, salt soap scrub now try to say that after you've had all your fosters for beer after you've been drinking all your, well, your australian for beer salt soap scrub coat both sides of your hands with the solution and rub them together for 20 seconds rinse your hands until cold water until they're clean Use toothpaste or mouthwash. What you rub them into the hands, or do you give yourself a little, a little spruce capoose in the mouth? Well, my hands may smell of onions, darling, but my breath is fresh. No, toothpaste and mouthwash can eliminate the sulfuric chemical compounds in onions that leaves a lingering smell. Rub your hands together with toothpaste and mouthwash. Just make sure you haven't cut your hands, but that'll sting like buggery, wouldn't it? Also, scrub your coffee beans. Is this a coffee? All right. You need to use a scrub made with whole coffee beans or coffee grounds to neutralize the onion odor. Scrub the coffee beans or grounds in between your hands for 30 seconds. You're not going to need a French press then, are you? 
and then your hands are going to smell of coffee. Use lemon juice. Squeeze a little lemon juice over your hands and rub them together until the liquid is absorbed into your skin. Rinse your hands afterwards to ensure the juice is gone. Only use this method you don't have cuts in your hands. It's a little bit like using the Listerine. Rub with stainless steel. Probably not the sharp end of the knife. Rubbing your hands with stainless steel can effectively remove the end of the smell. You can get these stainless steel bars of soap, can't you? Because your hands with it clings to the sulfur molecules left in your hands. So stainless steel removes the sulfur off your hands. To do so, simply rub your hands with a stainless steel spoon, steel bar, or other stainless steel utensils. Well, yeah, I still stink. I still, I still smell terribly of onions. I'm going to have to go and find some uh, Listerine, uh, a, uh, yeah, a stainless steel bar of soap or something, some ground coffee beans. I mean, I need to go and do this right now because the, the ends of my fingers reek of the onion. So, ladies and mantelpieces, are you ready for Jumper Jenga, the moving edition? No G. All right, bring the suitcase over here. Yeah, just, is it unzipped yet? Well, I think it probably is now. All right, here we go with an edition of Jumper Jenga, moving edition, no G. And, uh, yes, so we've got uh, a cricket sweater. We have a very, very fluffy, uh, a fluffy turtleneck here. And uh, what else do we have? We have three navy blue sweaters, as we always have. And we're going to, we're going to take them off the top shelf here. And uh, we're going to toss them into the suitcase, ready to be moved here. Uh, we're going to toss them into the suitcase. And are they going to be like the Leaning Tower Pisa? Or are they going to remain nice, straight and erect, like the Eiffel Tower? Let's toss, baby! Okay, the Tolstin is a little bit like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. So now I'm going to take, um, I have actually a little bit of a hoodie going on, a hoodie situation. I know people are surprised that I have the hoodie. I'm going to place the hoodie on top of the cricket sweater, also the three or four navy sweaters as well, and the fluffy turtleneck. Here we go. Oh, everything's still standing nice and straight, nice and upright here. Okay, so we're going to now get, we've got a beautiful little pink number here. It's a pink cashmere, and we're going to put that on the front. Remember, what item uh, makes the whole house of cards come tumbling down? That's the one I have to donate to charity here. So we're going to put the pink cashmere on top of the whole caboose. Oh no! The pink cashmere as well! They made everything down <laughs> I'm gonna have to donate the pink cashmere! Serious, serious move and addition of GM uh, Pajanga. Yes, now we have a slight pause in uh, regular programming to bring you this. Sweet dreams are made of cheese. Who am I to disagree? I cheddar the world and the feta cheese. Everybody's looking for Stelton. Pork pie. And a woman spent three days in hospital after her daughter's, daughter's dog accidentally did a poo on her face while she was asleep. Amanda Gomo was taking an afternoon nap when Chihuahua Bell 
when the pooch became ill and had violent diarrhoea. The mum of three was asleep with her mouth open, top and tailing with Belle when the messy accident occurred and got some in her mouth. She ran to the bathroom to be sick, but later ended up in hospital. Uh, she is recovering rather well at the moment. Uh, she did have to get in an ambulance to go there, um, but uh, she's been drinking two Lucasades a day, plenty of tea, loads of water since this happened, and I had to say both uh, myself and Belle are on the mend. Very sad news now. Thousands of bunnies are to be destroyed after a court ruling. Thankfully, the creatures in question are made out of chocolate. But the process may be traumatic for shoppers at Lidl. A Swiss court has ruled that the German supermarket chain must stop selling its treats and melt them down because they are too similar to the Lint's Easter bunnies. The country's highest court ruled that Lint deserves protection from copycat products. I mean, chocolate bunnies have been around for years, overruling decision by the Swiss commercial court. The Swiss chocolate maker submitted surveys as part of its case showing that its gold foil bunny, which comes with a red necktie and bell, was well known to the public. The federal court concluded that Lint and Little rabbits are likely to be confused. The court ruled that the destruction of Little's bunnies were proportionate, especially that it does not necessarily mean that the chocolate would have to be destroyed, suggesting that it could be melted and reused. Oh, let me be Augustus Gloop and dive into that chocolate bunny river. The Lint brand owned by Lint and Spagulli uh, applied for a trademark on the shape of the bunny in 2000. The, uh, the company said it does not want to force other bunny manufacturers out of the market, but was defending itself against copycats exploiting the reputation that it built for years and years. Little has not responded to requests for comment last night. Oh, what, a, what an awful waste. I mean, I like the Lint bunny, but I tell you something, I wouldn't kick the other bunny out of bed either. So I was thinking, if I want to double my efforts and uh, start another alternative podcast, why not have a new podcast uh, whilst you're waiting in a hospital, waiting room or surgery area? There's lots of time... Uh, you know, you put a lot of energy into a long-form podcast. I mean, it could be hours and hours long uh, as you wait uh, for surgery. I mean, there is the possibility that you could lose your co-host, uh, which, which, which could be a problem as well. You don't want that happening. You could go and interview other patients as well. I mean, it'd be a perfect long-form podcast, interview doctors, Instead of going WebMD, you could uh, get uh, your listeners to uh, text in their questions and we can ask the doctor and have a sort of live, uh, instead of WebMD session, you could quiz your doctor on your own ailments here. I mean, it could be absolutely fantastic, couldn't it? And also, uh, my thought is, I do need, and I've been, this has been a running thread, uh, rather elastic thread running through the podcast today. I think I need a box of surgical gloves. Do I go for the large or extra large when it comes to Do you need a little bit give in the fingers or um, do they need to be extra tight? But I thought, I, you know, might pop in a, uh, a box of the surgical gloves into my bag and take them home. But they come in, they come in handy for all sorts of things, whether you're picking up dog poop, uh, whether you're um, deciding, you probably put it on your face and protect your face from your dog pooping in your face. Uh, that, that's very good. And also when you're cutting up onions, it could be absolutely perfect uh, for you. Uh, so um, yeah, I do need to invest uh, rather urgently, uh, I feel, in a set of surgical gloves. A Florida reporter captured viewers' attention on Wednesday when the condom on her microphone flashed on the screen during an 
outdoor hurricane broadcast, Kyla Gaylor was reporting on the Hurricane Ian's landfall from a parking lot in Fort Myers when the uh, viewers became distracted by the bulbous rubber casing on her microphone. NBC's practicing safe microphone reporting during Ian tweeted one viewer. Uh, NBC News now really got this woman out here holding a mic wrapped in a condom up to her face. A lot of people ask me what it is on the end of my microphone. It is what you think it is. It is a condom. It helps protect the gear. You can uh, get the mics wet, but there's a lot of wind and rain, so you've got to do what you have to do. And we put the condom on the end of the microphone. Jeff Bolterra then shared his picture of Gayla's microphone up close. He tweeted the image alongside, we practice safe hurricane reporting. Yes, indeed. It is indeed a, a condom. The funny exchange comes amid worsening conditions on Florida's west coast, which occurred on Wednesday. Um, it's time to hunker down, basically, <laughs> with the condom and the ended microphone. Well, I mean, is it extra lubricant condoms? Is it a magnum? Was it an extra big microphone that had to fit it on? Was it a tight fit? I mean, don't want the rubber too thin, but it might split as well, I suppose. Our good friends at Very British Problems Official with some new ones this week here. Uh, you should pop round sometime, meaning if you knock on my door unannounced, I will stay here very still until I hear you leave. Uh, also, uh, Very British Problems, ways to miss a delivery. Number one, leave the house for seconds. Number two, go for the bathroom. Number three, stay in all day and wait for the front door in silence. Number four, open the delivery company's app and press anything thereby changing your delivery preferences to never. Life at the moment is like Monopoly, except the only squares are utilities. Free parking doesn't exist. There's no extra £200. Mortgages aren't on offer. Monopoly money is worth about as much as real money, and you're not allowed to stop playing, and there's absolutely no chance. And this is my favourite story from the week here. NASA successfully slammed a spacecraft directly into an asteroid on Monday night in a huge first play for planetary defense strategy. Don't look up! And after a move straight out of the sci-fi movie, don't look up, is a high point of NASA's project known as the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, aka DART, which started some $300 million and seven years ago. The craft launched in space in November 2021 on a one-way mission to test the viability of a kinetic impact. In other words, can NASA nav navigate a spacecraft to hit a hypothetically Earth-bound asteroid and deflect it? Monday night's uh, test suggests the answer is yes. Scientists say the craft made an impact with its intended target, an egg-shaped asteroid dimorphous, so it was probably a soft-boiled egg that turned into scrambled egg. Uh, it will be about two months before we can fully determine whether it hit was enough to actually drive the asteroid off course. Dart success provides a significant addition to the essential toolbox we must have to protect Earth from a devastating impact by an asteroid, said Lindley Johnson, NASA's planetary def uh, defense officer. This demonstrates we are no longer powerless to prevent this type of natural disaster. Importantly, NASA says Dimorphos is not in fact hurtling towards Earth. It describes the asteroid moonlet as a small body just around 530 feet in diameter that orbits a larger 2,560-foot asteroid known as Didymus. Researchers expect Dart's impact to shorten Dimorphos' orbit around Didymus. And NASA also says investigators now observe Dimorphos, which is within 7 million miles of Earth. 
We're going to take a closer look at the images of the collision and its aftermath over the coming weeks to get a better sense of the kinetic impact. So I've done quite a lot of cooking this week whilst uh, convalescing goes on. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of my uh, bolognese in the instant posh pressure cooker bolognese sauce. That was a hit. But I've discovered that I, I don't think I can cook any meal without cooking onions. I think I have onions with everything. I probably sprinkled, uh, I probably sprinkle like uh, grated onion on my porridge and I don't even realize it. I think every dish that I make needs to have onions. That's why my hands reek of the onion on. Anyway, so I made this uh, delicious Greek soup uh, the other day. Uh, basically, you take some chicken broth, chicken, uh, onion, onions, of course, of course, onions, of course. And, uh, you, you know, cook the, together this beautiful, beautiful broth there. And, uh, yeah, so you've got that going on. You've got some uh, lemon juice and about four or five eggs mixed together. And then you have to temper the eggs, take the hot broth, put that into the, uh, uh, into the eggs and gently temper the eggs so they don't scramble. So I got that perfectly worked out here. The lemony eggy mixture then uh, poured into the chicken broth uh, and uh, chicken soup for the soul, basically. Uh, so I made this soup here. I thought, well, this is rather nice. And uh, you have uh, little bits of uh, rice in there or very, very small, tiny pieces of pasta. And uh, you've got yourself a delicious wintry broth. I know it's 84 degrees outside, but, you know, you sometimes need the warmer. Keep away the chill and all. And uh, anyway, so I made this uh, lovely, lovely soup. I thought, well, this is rather nice, actually. Rather sort of decadent and uh, complex flavors and everything. And uh, and all I got in the end was, um, you know, from, from the patient who was recovering, all I got was uh, basically... Uh, this tastes a little bit too oniony and indeed bland. So my beautiful Greek soup is indeed oniony and bland. One must try harder. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. We've only got one edition. As it, now all my stuff's in there, jumper jenga, everything's been trampolined into the uh, into the suitcase, and we're ready to go, ready to zip up, ready to go. Almost everything's packed. Oh, so much in my uh, so much in my fridge and my freezer. They're having packed. I have to get the pheasants out. I have to get the uh, liver around. I have to get the old uh, green chili stew out there. I have to get the uh, the uh, blood sausage out. I mean, oh, I've got so much to do. So much to do. So no time for any more podcasts. So you have to indulge, enjoy this one, savor this podcast, darlings. Until next week, until I return for hopefully my normal scheduling of the past podcast for two editions. If you like the podcast, like and subscribe. You can like and subscribe across all platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can also listen on uh, Slacker, Breaker. You can listen Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Podcasts basically anywhere now as the uh, nasa spacecraft crashed into the uh, into the asteroid the other day uh, you know there was a ton you know million times tnt huge explosion you get higher keep calm and cauliflower cheese emanating from the magnificence of the asteroid coming up next though we have a poem new beginnings Fresh start, no looking back. Pack your bags out, get out and move forward. Don't turn back around, keep moving forward to what this new start may hold for you. Don't be scared. Kick the dust off your feet. A new beginning is what you will meet. 
Farewell to the old life, embrace the new, excel in new opportunities, all the new accomplishments you will do. A moment of now may appear so far-fetched, but don't let this new start take hold of you. It's something you should strive to get. We should never be afraid of what our future may hold. At times we may need to take a chance. Time for new beginnings and to be bold. Right now it may seem a little unsure, but a new start can be refreshing and so pure. Starting over can be very scary and difficult. The thought of letting the past go and moving on leaves us confused. But the truth is, change is good and change is necessary. And the growth can only occur when we embrace change. New beginnings represent new opportunities. New beginnings are a sign that the universe is giving us a second chance. And we all deserve a second chance. It's okay to be scared of the future. It's okay to be uncertain of what tomorrow holds. It's okay not to know what the next step is. But the beauty about new beginnings is that we all get a clean slate. We get a second shot at life, a chance to get it right, a chance for redemption, a chance to create new memories. It's moved into a place all on your own. The feeling is new, it is refreshing, your home is small, but there's enough space for you. You're on your own now. It's like starting from scratch. It's a new beginning, and that's a nice feeling. I pack my bags, I load my car, I never look back. It's a new start, a road full of possibilities, a new house, a new place just for me, a life to begin again. No looking back. Keep going straight. A new beginning is what I need today. Okay, my chapettes. Wish me the best of British with this move. A lot of changes happening in the last uh, week or so. A lot of new things going on for a lot of people. And the delightful, fantastic hero of mine, the last Steve Wright in the afternoon on BBC Radio 2 was today. Somebody that I'd been listening to for hours and hours and hours since probably the early 80s. Best of luck to Steve in his future endeavours. Okay, I need my surgical gloves because I need to move the mouse box. Cheerio. No, 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 don't. Pork pie.